you are one of my favorite players, but you don't have what it takes to get to the next level. I said it on purpose. I want you to hear it. What do you have to say about that? All right. That's it. That's it? All right. That's it. Okay, cool. I, I, I mean, want you I, I've been here. Well, actually, I've been hearing that since my rookie year. You know, I'm just gonna get okay, better and well, do what I do. Good. At the end well, of the day, you. Well, that's what I want you to hear you say. Yes, Love your game, brother. Keep it up. Appreciate it. I. That was Donovan Mitchell and Shaq's awkward, to put it nicely, interview a couple days ago. And Shaq's been on a tear lately. Max, this is old school sport. Welcome again. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Doing good, doing good. I'm happy to be here. Always a pleasure. But Max, we'll we'll get into Shaq hating on today's NBA in a little bit. We'll also talk a little bit about Steph Curry passing Reggie Miller on the all-time three-point list, moving into second place all-time, right behind Ray Allen. We will talk about this past weekend in the NFL Championship weekend, the. Bucks and Brady are moving on to Super Bowl to face the Kansas City Chiefs, who represent the AFC for the second straight year in a row. We'll also talk about some quarterbacks that might be on the move and on new teams this offseason. We will talk a little bit about the Conor McGregor loss to Dustin Poirier. And, of course, the list of the week is favorite players who have never won a ring, and my inspiration for this list came from the fact that Rodgers, once again, will not be in the Super Bowl, and again, he has a ring, but when you say Aaron Rodgers, you just assume that he has multiple Super Bowl rings to his resume, and that's simply not the case, he only has one, so it got me thinking of favorite players without a ring. So Max, I'll let you start number three on your list, favorite player to never win a ring. Number three for me is uh, Tracy McGrady. Okay. Um, yeah, as a kid, before uh, Dwayne Wade was really out there in my life, uh, T-Mac was like my, one of my first favorite players. I just thought he was like, you know, he was kind of like a, he was kind of like the first, not unicorn, but like a guy like Kevin Durant, even though Katie's seven foot. T-Mac's like six eight, six nine, and he could put the ball on the floor. He could shoot from anywhere on the court. Like, if he played in today's NBA, T-Mac would be an issue. He was in the wrong era by a little bit. And... When he early early in uh, Orlando, him and Kobe, people don't want to really talk about it or hear or like you know really think about it. Those two were probably neck and neck for the best shooting guard in the league. Because T Mac was a really good passer too. He's underrated his passing, and he was just always injured too. It's always made me kind of sad for him. He's always injured, always on like a weird team that didn't fit, really fit him. She never left her. Uh, she never left the Raptors with his cousin Vince Carter. You know, it's just a lot of what ifs with T Mac. And then fun fact for you, Victor. He was on that Spurs team that lost to the Heat uh, in the finals in 2013. He was. He was because I remember I remember them mentioning T-Mac and how great of a career he's had and that being his best opportunity to win a ring to close out his career. I do remember that. I do remember yep. that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Max, though, he had some playoff not failures, but he definitely came up short a couple of times, and yeah. you could attribute to him not showing up to in those big games. Well, no, you're not wrong. He definitely didn't make it out of the first round until uh, I think he went into the Spurs, I think, or I think there was a Rockets run maybe. But the thing with T-Mac is that he, he put up a lot of points. He just the, – the, the, the thing was wrong about T-Mac is that um, his team – 
those Orlando team, they were they had prime Grant Hill. We all know what happened. Grant Hill's knees, and then you know Grant Hill's a max player back then. You couldn't move max guys, and obviously if someone's injured, you can't move him. But uh, he's just those teams. It was him and Mike Miller for a little bit, and then they traded Mike Miller for nothing. And then it was just a bunch of old guys like Jawan Howard, who was like still good but not good, good enough. Not make excuses. His team was just not that good, and they had a three-one lead uh, against I forget what team, but you know who his coach was Doc Rivers. Wow! <laughs> wow! Look yeah. at this. We are getting we are getting a class in basketball right now. Basketball one hundred and one from Max Marshall right now. Everything, <laughs> everything coming full circle. That that is nuts, though. That is kind of crazy. Yeah. That's a solid number three. Number three for me is actually also another basketball player, and for me, it's Allen Iverson. And I know that growing up, when I got into basketball, it was the tail end of his career, but then seeing more and more documentaries and more highlights of him, he was just a bad man, as Stephen A. would say, bad man. And he... I mean, he essentially carried his team to the playoffs, Max. I couldn't name you another player on that 76ers roster from that 2001 (laughs) season against the Lakers. Now, I know that they lost in five that year in the finals to Los Angeles, but AI put the team on his back literally. And again, he had some bad luck down, down the stretch with some injuries. No real team to really help him out. I... For a little bit, him and Carmel Anthony on the Nuggets were an entertaining duo to watch, but he never really got the best of the talent around the NBA. He never really joined forces with any of the marquee names. So for me, number three is AI. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was definitely. He could have been on my list. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like AI? You know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'll never forget his uh, Hall of Fame speech as well. I, I really liked uh, the yeah, credit that, that he one. gave to, especially his ta- his relationship with the Georgetown basketball head coach. I liked his story, and I liked how he gave it his all on the court. He was an exciting player to watch. Max, number two for you. Number two for me is my all time favorite running back, and that is Ladanian Tomlinson. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, I I just felt like this guy he was so good and those Chargers teams were just so good and they always I just feel like in playoff time, yeah, I know he struggled at times in playoffs. Uh, you know, Philip Rivers towards ACL at one time against the Patriots. You know, nothing you can really do. And I know, you know, towards the end of his uh Charger run it got ugly kind of a little bit. And then when he came to the Jets, I was I was pretty excited. I know it wasn't L T of old, but um you know, they made to uh, his first year. They made to the conference or AFC cha- uh, championship game, and I was really hoping they make the Super Bowl just for him. But uh, it just, you know, it's just one of those careers. I just never. He got close, but he just it, it never made the Super Bowl. But you know, I think he's arguably probably a top five running back of all time. Uh, he just he was he was amazing. I always love I always just love watching him run the ball. Yeah, he was always a dynamic player to watch, and he was the best running back in the league at the peak of his career. And will go down as one of the best to ever do it. I do remember, I it was not too long ago that I saw a Tomlinson special, whether it was on NFL Network or something. And I remember them talking about how his Chargers career ended ugly. The team wanted to go in a different direction. Uh, they kind of had a falling out. But yeah. 
But yeah, that is a good name. I, and then I do remember him on the Jets as well. Again, he played in the 2010-2010 AFC Championship with the team. But And he was a real veteran presence on that team while also adding what whatever he had left in the tank. So that's a good one, Max. Max, number two for me, and I I hate saying this with him still playing, but I don't think I, I just think he's one of those players at this point destined to never win it all, and that's Russell Westbrook. And I, I listen, I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong about that. But I think that I, I just listen. Russ with the Oklahoma City Thunder was a triple double machine. I get that, but the style of play he took too many shots. He had chances with players like KD with Harden on his squad. I I just don't think that he's destined to win it all and. I feel awful for him because he does give it his all when he steps onto the basketball court. He has no friends in between those lines. I truly believe that. But Max's style of play is just not what today's NBA needs. It pains me to say this because favorite player in the NBA, he is... I don't think he's ever going to win a ring, and that makes him number two on my list. No, that, that's definitely the other one. You you like those uh, like one man crews for NBA guys, don't you? Him and AI kind of. Similar. I just I kind of respect it because now listen, it's not Russ was drafted to OKC and he did have the opportunity to play with a young big three in Harden yeah. and KD. AI did it by himself his entire career. I, you know, it's just the level of respect. And again, we're going to talk about it. it's the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's tenth. But there's something about guys doing it on their own or at least staying loyal, staying true to their team and wanting to build and win with the team that they started on, that they started their career with. They want to put in the time. They want to put in the effort. They want to put in the dedication, the loyalty to winning with that franchise. Yeah, no. I, and also I not take the from. easy way out. Not take the easy way, way out and join forces. Now, again, AI was a little – I mean, we could debate when super teams really began in this league. But AI, right, played a little before the super super team era that we see today. But he was the one-man show on that 76ers team. He didn't have a Shaq like – yeah. Kobe did. He didn't have a Tim Duncan like Tony Parker did. It, it was him. He was running the show, and he was that good that he got his team to represent the Eastern Conference in the finals. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go too long on a tangent, but AI, like kind of like Russ, both of them are weird players. Just because they're they're hard, like the other guys on the team, it's kind of you don't know like how to play with them really. Like if you look at, if you look at AI team. He had a lot of like three and D guys, and he had a big center, kind of like today's NBA team. They just weren't as talented. With yeah. Russ, you know, he's been on a couple teams now in the past couple of years. But before, after Durant left, it was just Russ, Stephen Adams, and you know, just a bunch of guys who couldn't really shoot, and but they're long defenders. It's kind of you know, it's similar. If we would have stayed in OKC, it would have been like the same thing. But um, no, yeah, those yeah, I've noticed you like you like those one man crews. Yeah, so selfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm selfish. Yeah. <laughs> No, but um, but Russ, 
again, I don't know really how to characterize it, Max, because I don't want to say he's selfish. I don't want to say that he's a stat pattern and all that. I, I do think at the end of the day, the most important thing to him is winning. It's just that for so long, he wanted to be the guy or he wanted to be the main piece. And I think that that hurt him a little bit in really winning in this league. And, and Yeah, but it didn't hurt his pocket, so because he got a huge no, match. He was true. the first one to get the super match. That's true. That's true. And I don't want to spend any... Yeah. Any longer on this, but it just, I would have liked to see him win one before his, I would like to see him win one yeah. before his career ends. All right, Max, coming in at number one for you. Number one, this may surprise you because it's not my favorite sport. Ken Griffey Jr. Wow, great one. Great one. Yeah, I, I don't think I really have to say much. You know, best swing I've ever seen, one of the best hairs I've ever seen. And it's just, you know, one of those careers that just sucked that he got injured a lot. And that's, I mean, that's really what it is. Ken Griffey's the man, you know. He's just, he's just, he's one of the goats. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, biasly, if I had to say who who my number one truly is to never win a ring, David Wright. Because he gave, he was the Mets franchise for so many years when there was nothing else to look forward to. I knew that I could always count. I, I I always at least checked up on the Mets because of David Wright. And he came so close in 2015. The Mets as a team just choked that World Series away against the Kansas City Royals. David Wright, if there was ever a player I would like to get a ring, it would be him. He meant so much to me, meant so much to that fan base, meant so much to that franchise. And for him to never get a ring, for his career to end the way that it did, ending early due to a back injury, just heartbreaking. I was at his final game. It was something to see. And that's my one, uh, I don't want to say sports regret because there was nothing I could do about it. But if there's one thing I could change about sports history, it's David Wright winning a ring. Yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely one for, you know, for a Mets fan like yourself, that's definitely when I could see you uh, you pick a number one. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely felt bad for his that back injury. Didn't it, that running back on the Giants have the same thing, David Wilson? I, I don't, I don't remember something. if it was the same thing. He did hurt his neck and because he did the backflip after a touchdown celebration, which, I mean, yeah. you just say out loud and it's like... How much of a dumbass can you really be? But it actually was a serious injury, and you f- felt bad for him in the end. But yeah, my my teams in the last last decade or so definitely haven't had the best luck when it comes to back or neck injuries. But I mean, but Max, there's so many other names that we could have thrown into that list too. Yeah. I mean, just think about Larry Fitzgerald, right? Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald is. Right on the outside of my list. You think about a class act, a class act, both on and off the field. Think about how many quarterbacks he's been through. Think about how many bad teams he's played for. Yeah, just geez. you just wish that he would get a ring before he hangs it up. But all right, Max, let's let's move on. That was our week, list of the week. That was a good one, I thought. And Max, this past weekend, I'm sure you did something for it, but the UFC, UFC 257, correct? McGregor yep. made his return to the octagon only to get beat by 
Dustin Poirier. Is that how you say it, Max? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, Poirier. And he was knocked out in the second round. It was his McGregor's fifth loss of his career. Poirier gets the better of the second matchup. These two squared off seven years ago. Crazy to think how fast time flies, but these two guys faced off. Seven years ago, McGregor won that matchup, so the series between them is tied 1-1. We'll see if there is a third matchup to settle the tie. Both fighters are 32 years old. Max, first off, did you get the opportunity to watch the fight? Yeah, yeah, I went to my uh, friend's house and we all uh, we all watched it. How about you? What? Yeah, I I got to see I got to see it. It, it wasn't easy, but I got to see it. Max, what did you, because you know more about UFC, you're more in tune with it than I am. What did you think about the fight? Uh, you know, I thought the first round, um, I thought McGregor won the first round. Not that that means anything after the second round. But to me, it just looked like McGregor was, he, he looked, he looked rusty. He looked kind of like he never got comfortable in the cage. There's one time where he cracked Poirier pretty good and he stumbled him. And he kind of was hesitant to, whether to, you know, charge him a little bit or just, I don't know. He, he wasn't doing uh, light kicks at all. McGregor, people, when McGregor was McGregor, people would always, would always say, oh, McGregor only has a left hand and, he, and a kick and his body kicks, whatever. He doesn't do that anymore. To me, he has this boxing agenda in his mind now that he tries to be the best boxer and his stance is like a boxing stance. And as you saw, Poirier was just kicking his legs and McGregor, uh, po- post-fight, he was just like, yeah, I've never seen those before. I'm like, how does you or your team not see that? Like, Connor, you're supposed to be sparring and doing all this leg kick shit. Like, you should be able to read uh, read um, leg kicks. And I was just kind of confused on his game plan. Okay, so Max, um, Max, let me just jump in real quick. I, I don't mean yeah, to go ahead. Do you no, th- go ahead. Do you think that that's still a long-term effect of his match against Mayweather? Uh, you- I don't know if it's that. Okay. I just think that when he, when he took that fight against Mayweather – a lot of UFC fans. I, I was a casual fan back then. I kind of had an idea, not like I am now, more into it. But he kind of left because people forget. After he got the double champ, he beat Eddie Alvarez. He wasn't in the UFC for two years. He was so focused on this Mayweather money and That's mind you, hundred million dollars. That's true. You know. Yep. So I just feel in his mind, yeah, it might be a little bit more boxing, whatever. But then at the same time, you know, he lasted four rounds. And he won a round against Khabib. Mm-hmm. That no one's done yet. Besides, Gaethje won a first round, or was winning that uh, round for the first round, which is total bullshit. He did not beat. He did not win a round against Khabib, but whatever. But you know, it might be. I, you know, a lot of UFC, UFC fans, hardcore ones, more than myself, they never liked the McGregor going to the boxing team because it just feels like. Because if you see, I don't know if you saw it now, he wanted he wanted the box Pacquiao. It's like, yep. dude, yeah. just say in the UFC, like stop boxing this with this boxing shit. But um, back to the fight. No, I just felt like he just didn't really look comfortable. Uh, I think he kind of looked surprised when he got taken down by Poirier, when Poirier took him down. But Poirier didn't really do much damage to him. He just took him down, he, and he scooted back to the uh, side of the cage and the little shoulder uh, drops really back and forth with each other. And No, I mean, even though I thought it was kind of a crappy first round, I thought McGregor barely won. And then uh, the second round, he had, he had nothing in his leg. He couldn't stand up, so that you're focusing on your leg. You're, you know, you're focusing on the kicks. And then he put his hands down, and he had no power, and he just, yeah, it just, I, I think that's the worst loss of his career, honestly. Really? Yeah, because hear me out. When Khabib and Diaz beat him, that's on the ground, and that's submission. 
McGregor has only has one sub in his whole uh, fighting career. McGregor's supposed to be the best boxer in that division. And he got, I know it's a TKO, he got knocked out yeah. by, by another guy in Poirier. To me, I think that's, I think, not, no, I don't want to take anything away from Poirier because Poirier is number two. And besides Khabib, he's the best guy in that division right now. But if he would have lost by decision or like an actual TKO, that's one thing, kind of, I guess, right? But you lost. You lost in what's supposed to make you the best guy in the division. You lost in your own. You lost in your own game. And it's just, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I was shocked when he when he got knocked out like that. I don't know about you or other people out there, but I, I was, I was, I'm still kind of shocked <laughs> well, to be honest. Well, to be honest with you, Max, I, I, I can't say that I was shocked because I don't think I know about the fight uh, of the fight fighting sport as much and not nearly as much as you do but I, I don't know enough to really know what to expect honestly with 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 the UFC I really think that anything can happen and, and again I, I don't want to sound cliche but you put uh, you're not defending yourself at any moment one wrong punch one one yeah. moment in in judgment one one lapse in protecting yourself you know, anything can happen. So I don't know if I was expecting, I, again, McGregor is so, so iconic, such a big figure that I I know that he has losses on your resumes, but on his resume, but you never truly expect him to lose a fight until you see it with your own eyes. And that's exactly what happened with me on Saturday night. No, that was perfect. That was, that was, that was actually one of the smartest things you said in a while. <laughs> All right. All right. Someone's feeling themselves tonight. But Max, the problem with this is he's 32, right? I I think that he will come back and finish this trilogy of matches between Poirier because uh, to me that's one of those things that's like an unwritten you, rule you, yeah. in sports. You have to. You, you have to type of things. But you know, He's lost two out of his last three. I don't think the Notorious is what he once was. I'm not saying that he can't win another fight at this age, at this point of his career. But I don't think he has much left in the tank with his UFC career. And I also don't think going back and forth, retired, unretired. And again, I know that these guys are a different type of animal and can do the training. They they have that commitment. They have that switch where they turn on. I I don't think you can keep doing that on the opposite side of 30 for much longer. So I think McGregor, I mean, he's sidelined for the next six months. He broke his leg in the fight. I think that, I think that he will come back to fight. Not only just against Poirier, I've heard Pacquiao as well, Max. I think that that's stupid at this point. I think that you did it once with Mayweather. You got your money. You got the bags. Why jump back into the boxing game at this point of your career as well? I mean, he's living good. There's no doubt about that. Dana White even alluded to it. Also, shout out real quick, Eminem Hire promoting the fight. One of his songs on his new album. Anyway... I, I think that McGregor I think that McGregor needs to finish Poirier trilogy and then hang it up. Because I well, would say I would say hang it up in general, but you can't again 
I I need him to finish the trilogy with Poirier. That's just something in sports that you have to do. Well, I, I don't want to stop you, but I don't. He didn't break his leg or anything. It's just it's his muscle. It's it's. Are you sure he we're, didn't we're, break his leg? Because he went. I saw a clip where he went up to Poirier and it was like, "You bastard! You broke my leg." No, I, I just I just watched the interview uh, yesterday with his coach saying how there's no bone or anything damaged. Yes, it's got it's got to they got to ice it and elevate it. Oh, okay, okay. Because I'll, I'll even I'll even send you the video afterwards, Max. But he went up to Poirier. After yeah, it was fight. backstage, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. So, and that was the last I heard about. So, okay, I stand corrected. No, no, no. I stand corrected. Yeah, but no, but um, I don't I don't think it's his age thirty two because you know there's a lot of guys who fight until late to mid thirties. I think with him is I think it's his mindset. I think McGregor. The co- the cowboy fight he was he was trying to be you know he was more respectful being kind of nice whatever I think he knew deep down everybody knows cowboys wash he's been washed for a couple of years he didn't respect cowboy the moment he got in the ring cowboy he, he he swung a left punch already and knocked him out forty seconds I think with Dustin he was trying to be respectful towards him and I feel like when he when he, you're that person outside the cage that's fine but when you're ready to fight McGregor's the best is when he's an asshole. Not like what he was says Khabib, but that got personal on both sides. Well, but I think I think he needs that swagger back. That's why you know I think he needs that kind of that douchebag back in him. Well, Max, I think you said it perfectly. And to be honest with you, I thought I I didn't want to cite last fight as well against Cowboy because I don't really remember how he conducted himself. But agreed with this fight where he tried to be respectful. And I get it, right? You're supposed to be respectful, and that's nice and everything. But to me, UFC is also as physical of a game, of a sport, as it is. It's just as much mental. And when you see someone not only being a douche, but borderline psychopath like Conor has in his past press conferences, at his past pre-fight weigh-ins... I mean, he's borderline a psychopath. He he is so invested in not only being more physical than you, but being crazier than you, and that's almost even more terrifying. Yep. And no, that's part of the fight game. Exactly, exactly. And I think that that adds to your physicality. That adds to how you perform in the octagon because it it gets it gets you into. It gets you onto another level. It just gets you so psyched up mentally that you're ready to go. You're ready, ready to brawl. So I agree with you on that, Max. I do. I, I, I don't. I, I don't. Maybe after the off the, you know, out of octagon stuff that transpired yeah. with him, the you know legal trouble that he's been in, that he's tried to calm it down. But I, I agree with you. I think that only hurts him. When he gets into the octagon, like I even, not not to not to sound like an anti-family man, but even him after the weigh-in, I think running up to his kids, smiling and yeah. all that, like I'm all for it. I I hope that he's a great dad, but at a pre-fight weigh-in, I, I kind of want to see him, you know, craziness in his eyes, him yelling, him shouting. Him getting ready to basically burst. I don't want to see him smiling and going over to little children. I don't know. Yeah, no, a- am I wrong for that? It, it, 
no, I, I see where you're coming from. It's definitely hard to, you know, flip the switch like that. But, um, you know, I, I think he's trying to change a little bit, and that's good because he he needs to, <laughs> you know, make no mistake about it. But I just think that what made Connor Connor is that he loved pissing people off. He loved yeah, doing exactly. the antics. He loved, you know, and I just feel like these past couple fights, the, first, the Cowboy one, I don't really count. That was that was just a win just to give McGregor herself to steam up, whatever. Yeah. Which, which is you need to do because he, he is a crown jewel of that sport. And now, you know, for another podcast, but the UFC right now is kind of scratching their head what to do with Poirier in, in that light, lightweight division now. Now that Dustin lost, because the whole week, you know, it was, oh, uh, Dana's like, could be even Connor. You know, we got to get that part two or whatever. And then Dustin was kind of like, you know, shh, whatever. But, you know, I, I think he just needs to be a douchebag again. No, agreed. And and Max, maybe he could tone it down a notch. Uh, I agree with you that with you on that. But yeah, because who knows how his opponents have reacted in the past? That I, like if if McGregor was acting like that in in my face, there's a part of me that would probably break internally. So I completely, <laughs> I, I I I I agree with you. I think that he needs some of that swagger back. That cockiness, that douchebagness, yep. that that you know craziness that he has in his pre-fights. But Max, so so what what do you think Dana White and UFC will do? I, I think there, I think there is three options. Quick, I think one Dustin has to fight for the champion for the belt because let Khabib retire. If anything, let him come back in a year or two and let him get one big fight out before he's going to be thirty and all. Then you know let let him do what he has to do. Uh, I think I could see Nate Diaz. Because he wants to go down to 155, and Poirier wants to fight him, that'd be a big payday for Poirier as well. Uh, I could see them doing Charles Oliveira, and I, I'm sure most people don't know who that is, but he's on an eight-fight win streak, and he's number he's ranked third in the division. Not that it matters, but he beat Tony Ferguson, who's a well-known guy in that division. He was champion for intern for a couple of years, so I could see Poirier and him fighting. And then the other one is I could see Connor and uh, Dustin fighting for the champion for the belt for the trilogy. I could see that. That would kind of piss me off a little bit because a lot of fighters, like Michael Chandler, who made his debut in the UFC, uh, Gaethje, I know he just lost, but you know his, he still belongs in there. Um, like I said, Diaz, Charlie Oliveira. You know, there's still a couple guys who deserve that title shot. And I, I see, you know, Uncle Dana, as I call him, or a lot of people call him, saying, you know what, I want, I want, that, I want that paycheck. Uh, Poirier, McGregor for the belt trilogy, that's going to sell. Yeah, I I think that any of those matchups that you just said would be, you know, home run hitters for UFC and definitely fights I'd be interested in. Especially, I, I mean, anytime Conor McGregor is involved, it, it grabs people's attention. It doesn't matter whether he's on the hot streak or not. Uh, again, his person, like like Max, I'm almost intrigued now how he's gonna react how yeah. he's gonna yeah. how he's gonna act next time around because max i don't think we're that smart i don't think we're the only ones that noticed how different he acted i even remember the commentators mentioning how much calmer he was but we can't be the only ones to think that that had an impact on the way he performed in the octagon i think that yeah. as a competitor that changing your game at this point of your career is, is a questionable move it's a risky move and i think that we saw part of that come to life for connor against poirier yeah no we definitely did i mean that's kind of what it, you know that's kind of what happened is yeah. that he just 
And inside the ring, he just, like I said, he just didn't look comfortable to me. So I think, I think he has to, you know, go back to drawing board and see what, you know, get his mind right, get his mind sharp. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, Max, anything else about the fight you'd like to add or you want to move on to the NBA? No, I'm ready. All right, so Max, the first thing that we're going to talk about in the NBA doesn't has to do with a player that hasn't been playing in the league for a while now, but is a main staple in the league in NBA history, and he's never one to shy away from criticizing today's players. And recently he criticized Harden for for how he handled and conducted himself on his way out of Houston. He op- he has been openly critical of Rudy Gobert getting his new contract, not being a true big man like this man once was. And most recently, he called out Donovan Mitchell to his face in a post-game interview, and I played that clip earlier to start off the show. Max, do you have any problem with Shaq going after today's players? Uh, no, I don't. I I thought it was a little weird how out of all the guys you want to go at Donovan Mitchell. I, you know, I don't. I I don't think there's a lot of people who dislike Donovan Mitchell. Maybe it's just me, but no, I I, I like when Shaq because you know there's a lot of people in in today's world NBA. It's you know which I'm for, but this player empowerment stuff it's getting kind of a little out of hand sometimes. You know, people don't want to say it. Uh, you know, James Harden was, you know, he, he was a dick about how he left Houston. And this, the makeup excuses he made saying, well, I've done everything for the city. Well, I mean, that's great and all, but, you know, you wanted all these guys and your team got them for you. And now you're not happy because your team got worse because you wanted Russell Westbrook. And you wanted them to trade Chris Paul and a bunch of draft picks for him. And now, you know, Russ doesn't want to play with you anymore. So now you're all pissy and you want to trade and. You know, you got a you got a you got a head coach who's been assistant for for years, and a lot of people say he should be head coach, and that's how you treat him. And you, John Wall, the Marcus Cousins, these guys did nothing to you. Christian Wood, these guys did nothing to you. And you and you and you you know, not to mention we're in a pandemic and you're going to strip clubs, not caring. And and, and, and listen, I, don't get me wrong, I, I love my guy D Wade, but I, I'm like Dwayne, what are you doing when he when he was when he oh you know I'm so happy for James Harden, he didn't do it the best way, but look how happy he is. Max. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll let you finish first. But no, it's just like it's like it's like these guys can do no wrong anymore. It's like oh yeah, happiness. No, I'm one of those guys too. If you know, you should leave your job, any work of life, if you're not happy for it, if you can get a better one. But just be kind of respectful towards this. Like James, you don't want to play. All right, that's fine. We'll look for a trade because I mean, I say that, but the deal they got for Houston, I think I don't. I was impressed with the deal they got from. Brooklyn from James Harden, but that's another day. But it's just, it's just too much. It's like, oh yeah, you know, anytime these athletes want to trade, it's like, yep, gotta trade them. It's like, no, you don't, you don't really have to. Yeah, they'll make it ugly or whatever. Yeah, then you trade them, then you get assets for them. But back to Shaq real quick. No, I'm glad he, I'm glad he kind of calls this generation out a little bit because you don't have to be. Nobody's every, not everybody's gonna be friends with everybody. And I'm glad Shaq's kind of wearing that black hat saying, nope, you know what, I, I don't, I don't see it this way, I don't see it that way. Now, mind you. You know, Shaq quit on a couple teams in his on his day, yeah. so it's kind of funny when he's calling out James Harden on that. But I digress. But no, I'm glad that Shaq's on to it. I just don't. I don't understand the Donovan Mitchell one. But other than that, you know, I, I like what he's doing. To be honest, no, Max. Honestly, I I agree with you on most things that you just said. First off, getting back to Dwayne Wade, Max. I meant to call you out on this. I meant to send this on Twitter or something. 
I can't believe that I saw Dwayne Wade said, look how happy he is. How can you not feel good for him? And I'm paraphrasing, of course. And yeah, a picture no, of yeah I, I didn't like that. I, I and I was, was like, has he even been a week since he joined Brooklyn? Like, let's relax a little bit, first off. And two, the way he got himself out of that was was embarrassing of James Harden. But, but it, it's really not. To me, Max, because I don't expect much of James Harden. I've had a problem with him. You know that I'm very critical of him on this podcast. And Max, Shaq was completely right. He did not give the city of Houston everything he had. They gave him almost everything he asked for. Max, we've talked about before. Dwight Howard. He wanted Dwight Howard. Got him. That didn't work out. And I know that that could go both ways. But still, got Chris Paul. That didn't pan out. Got his buddy Russell Westbrook. That didn't pan out. Forced his way out of Houston. I mean, he never won a championship with them, right? And he didn't show up in the biggest moments when his team needed him the most. So don't sit there and tell me you did everything. You gave everything to Houston when you didn't. Okay, so I think Shaq was completely right on that. I'm not saying that he's wrong about Rudy Gobert. I do not think Gobert deserves as much money as he's being paid. But guess what? That's not up to Shaq. He shouldn't be caring so much about it. You can call out a player, you right? But it almost seems like Shaq's jealous of what Gobert is getting now. No one is sitting there and debating whether or not Gobert is better than Shaq. No one is sitting there and saying how how great Gobert is as a player and calling him one of the best to ever do it. Yes, he is not worth the money, but I don't understand why Shaq is going after him. Maybe it's a a stunt, a a way to light the fire under Gobert because Shaq sees more potential in him than he's seen throughout his career. But I, I, I just don't understand it. I, it's not to say I have a problem with it. It's just kind of odd. And then the weirdest thing of all was calling out Donovan Mitchell because, Max, we saw how Donovan Mitchell showed up in that postseason bubble last year. He's not the reason the Jazz have not gone farther in the NBA playoffs. Donovan Mitchell is for real. For real. He, he does, he's one of the more underrated, underappreciated players, in my opinion, around the league. I think that if he was playing on a bigger market, we'd be hearing more about Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is not the reason for the Jazz' lack of postseason success. He's the only reason why that team's relevant, more than Rudy Gobert, more than anyone else on that roster. So that's my one issue with Shaq calling out Donovan Mitchell and the way that he did it, honestly. But Mitchell handled it with class, and I think that Mitchell will only get better from here. But I, that's my one issue. I think that Shaq has a right to call out today's NBA and their players. He he played in a different era. He was one of, if not the most dominant big men in NBA history. So I have no problem. I'm not disrespecting him at all. I think he was right about Harden. I think he's right with Gobert. It's just odd, his fixation with him. And I think he was wrong about Mitchell. No, uh, I, I think the, th- the thing about Shaq is now, mind you, I don't, I've never met Shaq. I probably would never meet in my life, but just I, I kind of know his personality over the years, and just hearing podcasts about like you know behind how he really was behind closed doors. Shaq is a very, 
lack of a better word, he is a very selfish person, and he 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 reads a lot of things, and you know a lot. In today's NBA, it's oh, Rudy Gobert, what a great defensive center he is, and whatever. And I, I'm telling you right now, Shaq is thinking on oh, my day. I would I would have gave him the business. He's not a good center at all. How are you going to call him a, a a center when he came and post up and defensively, you know? Guys, there's there's no guys like me in the NBA anymore. You know, guys aren't even close up like that anymore. And big men aren't really big men anymore. So, you know, Shaq is still stuck in that mode a little bit. Like, well, you know, big man's got to get you 30 and, 30 and 15 every night, whatever. Because, you know, if you remember him and Barkley when Golden State was coming around and, oh, you know, you can't shoot threes all the time. And, you know, you, you got to get the ball down to the paint and you got to get some post moves in there, whatever. So they're still kind of like stuck on that a little bit where Shaq's coming from. Uh, yeah, I agree with you about the Mitchell thing. I just I thought that was weird. But, no, I, I'm, I'm with Shaq about the Gobert thing. I, I don't really care for Rudy Gobert. I mean, I've said it before on this podcast. I, th- I think he's very overrated. I think defensively he's good, don't get me wrong. But I, I've seen this guy in postseason play against the Rockets. Get, he, you can't play in the last two minutes because he can't stay on the floor. And all these NBA nerds, you know, will tweet, well, you know, his, his on-off metrics is this and that. And, you know, uh, is what he, what he provides in the paint, well, that's great. But when he's getting switched on everything and he's out – Guard Harden and Chris Paul one on one, like I saw two years ago, he, he couldn't stand on the floor. And offensively, it's not like you're going to throw him the ball and give you, you know, 10 touches a game for post moves or anything. No, he, he's not going to do that. Uh, I kind of like that Shaq's doing this year, Rudy, Rudy Gobert, because I don't know, he just, I think Rudy Gobert is a guy little Dwight Howard in him in Orlando years. I've said it before on here, and I just, I think it's funny how Shaq just doesn't think he's that good. I don't know. I, I, I think it's funny. And it's, and it's huge max contract, too, which is, you, you can't give him that. You have to the keep the asset, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. If I was a, that jazz owner and I would sign those checks, I'd be like, you can't even post up. But that's yeah. just me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just seemed like like I I've always understood Shaq and the Dwight Howard beef, right? Because many people saw the similarities between m- many people. I mean, he took pro- his nickname. Well, well, <laughs> I, if you let me finish, Max, I was gonna say people would point out similarities of both starting out in Orlando. I'm talking about Dwight's earlier career. Then he goes to L.A., how dominant the center Dwight Howard was to start off his career. And the nickname, stealing the nickname in and of itself was enough to really take off Shaq. So I understood that. Gobert, I just feel that he's again, ticked off for whatever reason. And, and again, I'm not saying that Shaq can't call out players for their game. I just thought it was weird to go after his contract, the way that he went about it. But no, I I, I like it. I just don't think that, uh, again, Mitchell made sense. And I just thought calling out Gobert for his contract and his game, I get that. But really going after him once he got that big contract was just an odd move. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, that's just Shaq, though, kind of. He just yeah. kind of, I mean, it's that show, too, you know, they kind of just do what they want. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the greatest, it's the greatest thing on television. I don't think it's yeah. even close. And I love when Barkley does anything to get under his skin. The the yeah. first words out of Shaq's mouth is, four rings, four rings. That's yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And really, that's all he has to say. But, Max, you know, talking about overrated players, you, you talked about Colbert. Steph Curry passed Reggie Miller for second all-time for most three-pointers made in NBA history. Is this a big deal? I don't want to spend too much time on this. <laughs> You're disgusted for Curry. No, I mean, I, it's just I, really, it's really not a big deal at all. 
It's really not, but... No, I mean, he'll pass Ray Allen, too, so I, I don't know what else you want me to say. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's not a big deal because, because again, he, he played on a team with, what was it, four other All-Stars for a lot of his career. And the biggest joke, the biggest joke that I saw recently, Max, you want to hear this? It was a picture of Curry and Lillard, and it was like, props to these guys sticking through the good and bad times. And I was like, okay... Let's just relax for a minute. Sticking through the bad times. Yes, last year was really bad, but it was the first one in the last five, six years or so for the Warriors. They're coming off a stretch where they won, what was it, three championships in four years? Let's let's tone it down a little bit. But Max, you know, more seriously, it's the one-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's tragic death and... You know, his daughter Gigi was involved in everything. And I, I just wanted to pay a little tribute to him because I, I've said on the show before, and Kobe Bryant was the reason I got into basketball. I remember watching a. It actually started with the All Star game in 2009, 2010, 2010. And Kobe Bryant was the most famous player that I knew to be on the court. I, I knew I knew of Dwayne Wade and LeBron James and Carmelo, but Kobe Bryant was my favorite at the time. And I remember watching the rest of that NBA season in spurts, but I really focused when it came to the finals. And I'll never forget Kobe grasping the ball and the biggest smile on his face once he beat the Celtics and the Lakers won back-to-back titles. And just the way he performed, the way he showed up in that finals. Again, Max, you want to talk about not taking away from guys like Pau Gasol, uh, Lamar Odom, remember him, Ron Artest, right? But Kobe was the leader on that team. He was the show on that team. And for him to go out and beat the Boston Celtics big three a couple year just a couple years after losing to them in the finals in two thousand eight. Max, it was the start of my fanhood in basketball. I loved watching Kobe play. I'll never forget his final game where he dropped sixty points. Still a very tragic day. Still a very sad time for the Bryant family. My prayers still go out to them. But remembering a legend, and it 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 took us too long than it should have. It took us longer than it should have. But he w- will and is remembered as one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was really well uh, said. Uh, yeah, no, it this you know this um this definitely sucks for like you know everybody you know. Especially to the other families who uh, were on that yeah, plane as well. I, no, just I, I'm sorry. You're completely right. You're completely right. No, I was just um, but no, you know, it's just you know, we kind of see these athletes that you know we grew up with most, you know, most of the time that you know we see them on TV doing doing analyst stuff or you know interviews, podcasts. We we we, we get to see them old and gray. You know, and it just, it just, it just sucks that we never got to see Kobe, you know, doing to be old and gray. You know, he would have done a lot of things for these up and coming basketball guys like, uh, you know, Tatum, Kyrie, Trey Young. You know, there's a lot of guys out there. How Giannis worked out with him, Luca. 
you know, these guys really looked up to him. And, you know, what he was going to do for girls basketball, because his daughter, Gigi, looked to be, you know, a, a very up-and-coming girls basketball player. And he's helping out with the WNBA, trying to get, you know, get people to respect them a little bit more than we, than we should. And, you know, I, I was never the biggest Kobe guy. I think that's because, it, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm more loyal to Dwayne Wade, obviously, and, and the Heat. And, you know, it's just that whole Laker – it's a whole when, – when I was young, it was D-Wade and Kobe kind of for me. And everybody was like, oh, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. And I was always the one, well, you know, I like, I like D-Wade kind of. And LeBron for that matter. You remember it was Kobe or LeBron. But, you know, I, I never got into the whole, like, Mamba thing with him. Just, it wasn't my cup of tea. It doesn't mean I didn't, you know, respect the guy or whatever. But, no, it was just, you know, how could you not respect the competitor of Kobe? And, you know, even though, uh, you know, the last stage of his career went bad due to his Achilles turn, that 60-game that sixty game uh, point game, you know, that was on a couple a couple weeks ago. And, it, you know, it just hits different now because you know everything that happens sadly. And you see his, you know, his family there, everybody, it's just, yeah, it's just, you know, it just sucks, really. Like, it just, it, that just started off the, the shitty year we, we have to live with this year, and, you know, it's still continuing on. Well, I mean, Max, you said it, and, and I know it was 2020, but I can't believe it's already been a year. Like, yeah, it, it seems like, I don't know, it seems like it happened yesterday, and it seems like it never, like, I don't know, it's just weird. It still seems so surreal, and, and like you said, Max, I mean, two things, one, you see, we see so many players grow old, gray hair and all that. We see them talk about their playing days for decades, right? And chances are I would have never gotten to meet him. But you want to talk to a player that I would have loved to met, and it was Kobe Bryant. And again, Max, maybe, you know, I'm never one to say Mamba mentality and everything, but you want to talk about commitment. You want to talk about dedication. You want to talk about turning it into a different gear. That's what Kobe was able to do. And not many people are wired like that, Max. So what he was able to do, what he was able to accomplish, the hard work, the determination, very few people are capable of doing what he, no matter what they're doing, no, uh, the level of commitment that he had is very hard to match. And I don't know if we'll ever see another play like, player like that in the in the NBA. I mean, when you say the names of Jordan, when you say the names like LeBron, you have to bring up Kobe in that same conversation. And again, an argument can be made, no doubt about it. But I think that we need to recognize him as one of the best to ever do it and his legacy will forever live on but also what he like you said max how he was with Gigi, how he was trying to help her game how he was trying to grow the game of women's basketball he was so much more than just basketball max he won an oscar i mean yeah. he was just there was so much so many opportunities for him and I think that's the toughest thing about it all with him and his daughter and the rest of the family is that they had so much life ahead of them and it was all taken away due to a, due to a tragic accident. Yeah, it's just, it, you know, it's just, it just sucks. Like that's the best way to really put it. It's just, yeah, 
I still, I still can't believe it's real. I know. I know. But, Max, um, you know, anything else you'd like to talk about in the NBA? Maybe something on the lighter note, or are you ready to move on to the NFL? Uh, yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready to move on. All right. So, Max, this past weekend, like I said earlier, was championship weekend. And let's start off with the NFC Championship. Max, it kills me to say this. But the Buccaneers defeated the Packers 28-3 on Sunday at Lambeau. Tom Brady, despite throwing three picks, advanced to his 10th Super Bowl. His first in the NFC. This was his first year in the NFC, Max. While Aaron Rodgers who will win MVP for this season, who I predicted to do so in the offseason, but I digress. Drops to 1-4 and four in championship game appearances. Max, the Buccaneers as a franchise are going to the first Super Bowl since 2000, 2002. It is their second appearance in franchise history. Max, what are your initial thoughts on the game? Uh, I thought it was a pretty, it was a pretty good game. And then you know the Packers had that little comeback tor- or towards the end. Uh, you know it was just it was kind of it was kinda, it was a bit of a weird game. Uh, you know Brady throws the three interceptions, and all I see is go. You know Brady does it again. I'm thinking, do people actually just watch games anymore, or are they just like storylines? I, I don't want to go on a rant here, but it's like he didn't really play the best game. I mean, even against the Saints. He played better than Drew Brees, who's on his last legs. I don't know. I, I you know, I just, I don't think me and you should be the ones talking about Brady because you know we don't really care for him too much. But uh, no, I, I feel for Aaron Rodgers because I don't know what the hell kicking a field goal is going to do, and he need points. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, I, I don't know. It's just it was a, it was a bit of a weird game. I thought I don't know. What, what did you think? No, Max. Well, first off, I, I mean with Brady, right? I'm just ticked off because for two decades, Max, he dominated one conference. And and I don't want to sound insensitive because I know you had to deal with that, right? But, Hell yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm so upset he was able to reach the Super Bowl and represent the NFC in his first year because, I, I, I don't know, I was like, okay, you had the AFC. You can't have the NFC, too, this late in your career. Like, you can't just come in and change teams, change playbooks, and automatically make it back to the Super Bowl. And somehow, some fucking way, he's back in the (laughs) Super Bowl. And, Max, like you said, this is not the Tom Brady of old. It's clear, right? Nine out of ten quarterbacks, Max, when they throw three interceptions. I mean, look at... The Bucks quarterback of last year, he would average three yeah. interceptions a game in Jameis Winston, and they missed the playoffs. Max, Tom Brady threw three interceptions on Sunday, and the majority of the quarterbacks in the league would not be still playing in the Super Bowl. That just goes to show you how stacked, how talented this Buccaneers team is. The defense showed up when it needed to, when this team needed it the most, okay? And there are so many goddamn weapons on the offense that I could play playing quarterback and still show up in the Super Bowl, okay? So, I'm sorry. This is 
this was a little hard for me to stomach this past Sunday. I'm over it now. Well, maybe not because I had to go and do this podcast, but I, I don't know. It just it, it rubbed me the wrong way. I, how how impressive do you think this was of Brady, Max? Seriously, am I being too hard on him or what? No, I thought he played okay. I mean, I, you know, even even without the interceptions, uh, he made that throw to Sky Miller. That I mean, that was a great throw. That was a beautiful throw. I don't okay, know that was a nice was. throw, Max, but also terrible play calling. But well, I know Mike I Penn. was just going to say, uh, Jets legend Mike Pennant. Yep, yep, yep. With the yep. coverage, with, with the call there. So, yep. uh, no, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It, it's 2021, and it's Brady still in the damn Super Bowl. I know. <laughs> I know, and it's crazy, Max. This is his tenth Super Bowl appearance. This is Super Bowl 54. He's been in almost a fifth of all the Super Bowls. And he has six wins. If he wins on Sunday seventh, I mean, Max, that's that's more than uh, seven divided by fifty-four. That's 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 more than an eighth of all Super Bowl wins go to Tom Brady. He'll have more than any other franchise in the league, Max. <laughs> oh man, that would be. But Max, this to me, this reminds me a lot of. And again, I'll say I'll, I will give Brady credit that he's he's playing at a higher level than Payne Manning did. This has oh, yeah. Tom Brady, uh, Payne Manning's final year in the league, written all over it, where he's doing just enough to help his team win, but he's being carried by the team around him. He's being carried by the pass rush of that Buccaneers defense. He's being carried by the weapons around him, okay? He just needs to make the throws that he has to. And he has. I'll give him credit. But, Max, you mentioned this already, right? Down by eight with just over two minutes left to go. I get it. You have your three timeouts left. But you're down by eight, okay? A field goal, you still need to score a touchdown then to win the game. What the fuck was Matt LaFleur thinking, Max, kicking the field goal? I don't know. I, I just, whew, man, he, he it, it seems to me that him and Rodgers, even though they played good, they had a better year this year than last year, I mean, even though they were good last year too, but it just seems like he just, for some reason, he just likes to piss off Aaron Rodgers when it comes down to it. You know, I, I don't know. Down eight, you take, you, you hit a field goal when your defense couldn't, when your defense was, uh, I mean, no, they're doing good, but I don't know. Besides interceptions, Brady was going downfield on them a lot, and then stupid interception with Boston. But I just, I, I think he said on a, in a post game, "Well, you know, we gotta get the touchdown, and then we gotta get the extra points." Yeah, I rather, I rather do that. I I'd rather go out swinging and kick a field goal, and then then don't get the ball back. Well, great, Max. And here's the thing: even if you don't get the two points, right, you're still only down by a field goal. So let's say yeah. <laughs> everything goes well and you get the ball back. You need to drive less down the field for a field goal. I understand it's Lambeau and you have to worry about kicking conditions. But you still have to drive less down the field for a field goal than you do a touchdown at that point. Okay? But, Max, here's my thing, right? I understand the Packers' defense was able to force three Tom Brady interceptions, two on consecutive drives, right? Mm-hmm. 
Max, you can't give the ball back. You have Tom Brady on the opposite sideline. You don't have the 85 Bears defense. You don't have the 86 Giants defense. You don't have the 2000 Ravens defense, okay? Tom Brady was brought to Tampa for these exact situations. Tom Brady has two two decades plus worth of experience, Max. Tom Brady has more playoff wins than I want to say four NFL franchises. Uh, has more wins th- except for just four NFL franchises in the league. Tom Brady has the experience and the knowledge and the smarts to be able to ice the game, to pick up 10 yards so that the opposite team with the quarterback like Aaron Rodgers does not get the ball back, Max. You cannot give Tom Brady an opportunity to do that. I'm sorry, but that's inexcusable, okay? Now, Max, I did credit Tom Brady for getting the job done, but on that final Buccaneers job, there was a big pass interference call on Kevin King, who arguably had the worst championship game performance in NFL history, Max, because the Scotty Miller pass, Kevin King was the cornerback in charge of keeping Miller from getting into the end zone, and he failed to do that. He also got beat on a couple of different plays, but Max, he was called for a pass interference penalty on that final drive. That gave the Buccaneers a first down and essentially iced the game for them. Do you think the referee screwed the Packers with that late call? Because, Max, for 58 games, uh, 58 minutes of that game, they were letting them play. Did you have a problem with that call? Uh, No, I just wish they kind of called it more uh, consistent. Because the one interception Rodgers threw, uh, I think, was it Murphy on, on the Tampa Bay, the corner? You know, he 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 ripped. Uh, he pulled down the shoulder pads of the receiver uh, number thirteen. I forgot what his name is. And you know, that was no call. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, um, yeah, that one. I thought that you know that was kind of a BS call. Uh, I think there's one more too. I saw when they're grabbing onto someone's jersey and they didn't call it at all. Um, I don't really, you know, calls are calls. I just like consistency. That that's really that's really what it comes down to for me at least. I, I don't know about you, but that's that's my thing. If you're gonna call it like that, then call it like that the whole game. No, I completely agree, Max. The only thing that I'll say, right? And I, I, I'll say this first. First off, it was a penalty. I'll admit it was a penalty, right? And no, the refs did not screw the Packers because a they made the right call, and b it wasn't the refs who held the Packers back from scoring on. Either of those Brady interceptions on back-to-back drives. It wasn't the ref's fault that the Packers went down by 18 points early in the third quarter. It wasn't the ref's fault that Devontae Adams dropped a touchdown that led them to going for a field goal. It wasn't the ref's fault that Matt LaFleur was a dumbass and decided to kick a field goal down by eight with just over two minutes to go, okay? The Packers had plenty of opportunities to win this game. What I will say, though, Max, is, and I really think the NFL should consider this. I don't care if replay slows the game down. I don't want to hear that argument because too many games have come down to officiating and controversial calls, right? I think under two minutes, I agree that the refs should have the power to review any play that they want to. But I think they should implement a new rule where the coaches have one 
under two minute challenge where they can challenge anything in the game. Penalties, spot of the ball, anything they like. Because I'm sorry, Max, two of the last three NFC Championship games have come down to a controversial call, right? And again, uh, remember the Saints, the no pass interference call against the Rams? That, again, didn't cost them the game, but was a major factor into them not advancing to the Super Bowl. Max, I once again reiterate that that was a penalty against Packer, Packers on Sunday. But even if they challenged that, at least it would have br- brought them some closure, okay, yep. to realize that that was a penalty because King was pulling on this jersey, Max. And I understand these guys yeah. are physical specimens, but that definitely did hinder his chances of making a play on that ball. So I think they really should have a conversation about that. Oh, sorry, I was yawning. But um, no, I, I like that, um, like your uh, suggestion, because, yeah, there's a lot of times. You ever notice, like, during these type of games, big games, weird shit always ends up happening? It's just, I find it so weird how anytime when, game, when, it's not, when you know, everything's on the line, just weird shit always happens. Well, but again, Max, and, like, you know, it just puts a bad taste in your mouth. Like, again, I know it was a penalty, but for 58 minutes, it was tough. It, it was tough, play to the whistle, the referees back off type of game. And it was a good game. It was an entertaining game. It was a solid NFC championship. And then the first down needed to ice the game for the Buccaneers was part and thanks to the refs. Like, really? Like, it just it just takes away from the game that was just played a little bit, in my opinion. So, and again, if they reviewed it, at least Packers would have been like, well, our guy did hold him. So there's not anything we can say. But at the time of the moment, it just would have been nice to have realized that fact. Yeah, no. No, you are you, you are right. No, that's no doubt about that. But, Max, speaking of the Packers still, and it doesn't get any, any better for them heading into the offseason, there's a lot of questions circling around Aaron Rodgers' future with the team. Max, they drafted a quarterback in Jordan Love last year in the first round. Rodgers has made it very clear that he ha- he was not happy with the decision. He felt that his own franchise was downing him. Max, what what do you think this means for Rodgers? Where does this what does this mean for Rodgers' future with Green Bay? After the game, he was non-committal. He said a lot of guys' futures were uncertain, including his own. Definitely don't like to hear that from your franchise. One of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, uh, I saw that too, and that definitely um, raised my eyebrows a little bit. And then he went on the uh, Pat McAfee, so he kind of doubled down it a little bit, I saw today. Okay. Um, But I I think, and there's a report today, I don't know if you saw it, pal, he wants a pay raise. Yes, I did see that. Yes. So I I think that one, I I think, you know, it's pretty, I'm not breaking news here, but I think it's pretty simple, is that if he doesn't get a pay raise, then I think he wants out, and then a team will pay him, uh, you know, I'll give him a little extension or whatever. Because so, I, I, I feel like he's never gotten really – I feel like all these guys get all these new weapons, and he's always stuck with, you know, Devontae Adams and then just a bunch of randoms. I think he's sick of it. No, I mean, Max, first off, 
you put Aaron Rodgers on that Buccaneers team that Tom Brady constructed, and they're walking to the Super Bowl. Yeah. No doubt about it in my mind, right? The Packers have not helped out Aaron Rodgers at all the last couple of years, whether it's the draft, whether it's via free agency, nothing. I mean, they took a quarterback in the first round last year, okay? And Aaron Rodgers had a season that'll make them think twice about starting love anytime soon unless he demands his way out. But Max, he, he does deserve a new contract because he is still one of the best to play the game in that position. Max, I think it's all smoke with Rodgers and the uncertainty of his future in Green Bay, but they're going to have to do something this offseason to appease him a little bit. Because, again, weird guy, Max, I know that he'll be kind of condescending in the media when he's asked questions, right? But really, he's been a good sport about it all. Max, no real solid running game for the majority of his career. I think Devonta Adams is very underrated. I think he's a top five receiver in the game. I think he's starting to get a little more noticed, right? They need to make a big-time move this offseason and surround more talent around Aaron Rodgers. Max, I still think that a perfect fit, a perfect option, would be to trade for Julio Jones of the Atlanta Falcons. I think the yeah. Falcons are going to want to start new. I think that he's an available piece. I think the Packers should make that happen. But Max, I think it's all smoke, but the Packers have to be very, very careful this offseason and have to keep their quarterback happy. I mean, if you're Rodgers, too, you have to think. But no, but back to your, uh, your point, no, I definitely, it could be smoke. You know, it could be, you know, I, I want some things changed if you guys want me here. But, you know, if you're Rodgers, too, at the other hand, you know, who you just played Tom Brady. You know, you got to be thinking a little bit. Man, he made it look pretty easy going to a new team. I got guys going over there now with me. You know, I kind of, you know, towards towards the end of the season with Tampa Bay, Bruce Aarons kind of let Brady, you know, coach a team a little bit more on offense. You know, it's enticing for Rodgers. Like, you know what? I've been stuck with, with this Matt LaFleur and <laughs> Mike McCarthy, you know, with that. and, and they're, they're trying to coach my offense and my team, whatever. No, I, I'd, rather go, I'd rather maybe start somewhere else and get some guys on uh, my team. Uh, and, or a new team. And I completely agree with you, Max. And you take a look around, and there's plenty of teams that you could argue are just a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. And if Rodgers is added to that quarterback mix, he's right at yeah. the top of the list. I don't think anyone really compared. Maybe Deshaun just because of how young he is, right? But at least Rodgers has more of a... More of a... I'm looking for another word besides resume, but at least he has... Stature. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And he has the experience to go along with it. He's won in this league, and he's still capable at playing at a very high level. And he, he's one of the best, but he's been one of the best for a while now. So I think whether it's the 49ers, uh, I mean... Honestly, I really think even if you put them on the Washington football team, they would be a Super Bowl contender at this point. Uh, with you know, them. team I would love for him to go to, but I don't think they have a cap for it. It's the Saints. That would be awesome. You know who? A couple other teams. And again, any quarterback needed team. How about this, Max? How how crazy of a story would this be if he got united with Bill Belichick in New England? <laughs> I think I think the Colts would be a good one too. Colts, yeah, I was just about to say Colts as well. So 
it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I I think he's going to stay place. Also, Max, you know how I said Tom Brady is advancing to his tenth Super Bowl. Yeah, he's won six of them. He's lost three. Do you know who th- uh, two of those three losses came to? I know what uh, the Eagles. Yeah, and then Eli Manning and the New York Giants in 2007, 18-1, and one in two thousand eleven. Max, the AFC Fo- championship. Football Giants. Game. Have some respect for your own team. Victor. The AFC championship, Max. I mean, the Chiefs handled the Bills in this one, thirty yeah, to twenty four. I, I don't want to cut you off, but do. We really got to talk about this, this Bills team? No, no. Can I just say, can I just say, can I just say real quick, real quick. The Chiefs beat the Bills 38-24, right? I don't think that the Bills were let down, right? I don't think, I don't think that they, I I, I mean, they, they fought hard. It's just the Chiefs, man. It's just the Chiefs. Honestly, it's just how talented Chiefs are. And again, I talked about how much Bills Mafia annoys the hell out of me with breaking tables and stuff like that. I, I yep. stand by that statement. 3 a.m., okay, early Monday morning, they're at the airport waiting to greet their team after a tough loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Bravo. Bravo. In terms that's, of their passion. That's sweet. I yeah, do. that's very sweet of them. Okay, well, you know what? You just got jealous because you haven't had the team to go support <laughs> at an airport for a while now. I mean, I, I don't think you should be out at an airport. And not that COVID's real or anything, but, you know, whatever. Bills fans, yeah, it's right. tables are in COVID and everyone's outside and... Are they going to do anything but break tables? Like, I know. It'd be sweet. A, how, many, how many times do you... How many times some jackass jump off a car into a fucking table? I I'm know. sorry. It's just, these Bills fans are just the worst. They're I annoying. Know. And I know about you, but in my area, everyone's a Bills fan all of a sudden. I go, really? You're a Giants fan. You were a Jets fan a couple years ago. Now you're a Bills fan? Why? What makes you a Bills fan? Oh, I love the fans. Okay, well, Yeah, right. I love the fans. I mean... I, I love pep rallies, too. I mean, you think I'm going to be on a Bills fan because they run a little pep rally? Get out of here. Yeah, I'm glad they lost. Goodbye. See ya. Have a good one. Okay. So, part of... All right. Well, you have a little worse than me because I don't have to deal with Bills fans, right? But... It's just upstate New York. This area's a dump. And these Bills think, like, oh, upstate New York. Got to support the Bills. Oh, stop. No. No. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, I agree with you, Max. And the other thing that I'll say real quick is... Each they do the same thing. They jump the same way into the goddamn table. You would think that they're doing it for the God. first time. These little, these small-minded fans like get so <laughs> so worked up over it. Like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like relax, dude. Relax. It, you're jumping into uh, a table. You're wasting they never money. Been to, they never been to a Oswego party, Victor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so so we we'll preview the game, the big game next week. But the Chiefs return to the Super Bowl, back to back years representing the AFC. Like I said, the Bucks for the NFC. It should be a great matchup. People are already calling it the closest thing the NFL can get to Michael Jordan versus LeBron. Uh, we'll see if it lives up to the hype, and we'll preview the game next weekend. Max, there's still there, you know there are still thirty other teams in the league, and they're getting a head start on their off season. Max, Matt Stafford and the Lions made news this past week. They decided to part ways this offseason. Max, obviously, the toughness of Matt Stafford has never been in question. His talented arm has never been in question. It's more. It's been more about the team, the franchise that he's played for. 
wasting talent, not getting the right coaches, not getting the right guys to surround Stafford, never having a real running game. He's definitely on the latter part of his career, but he can still help a team win. Or at least that's the thought around the league. Max, where do you think the best fit for Stafford would be? Uh, I think it's two. I, I, I think, like I said before, the Colts. And I kind of think, now remember, I kind of forgot about this too, but there was almost a deal last year that he almost went to New, uh, New England. You remember that? Yep. Yep. And I, and I know that, <laughs> I know our my buddy Patricia's in New England now, but I, I mean, I, I know him and Stafford didn't get along, but obviously he won't be coaching him. He probably won't even be talking to uh, Stafford. You know, he'll deal with Belichick. But I, I can see the, I see Colts and Patriots in, in for Stafford. Personally, I would love for him to go to Washington, but I know their cap is a little messed up, and I don't know if they have any assets. Top of my head, but you know, I, I'm I'm happy for Stafford because I, I know he'll go to a better team and a better situation than you know he's been on the lines for all those years. So I'm I'm happy for him. Yeah. So Max, he's played all 12 years of his career with Detroit, right? He has one Pro Bowl on his record. Again, Max, I I said it. Do you remember when we did the list of um, the players we'd like to see on new teams? Oh, yep, yep, yep. Matt Stafford was one of mine. And the reason I said that is because for so long, I feel like he's gotten a pass because he's played for Detroit. And again, I'm not saying that Detroit is not a poverty franchise. I mean, Max, they had two of the best to ever do it at their respective Positions: Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson wasted both those guys' talents. Right, twelve years, Matt Stafford, zero playoff wins. Right, again, Detroit Lions. Whenever, whenever something goes wrong, it seems to be Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. It's the Lions. Right. I kind of want to see him go somewhere just so that we can figure out whether or not Stafford was part of the problem or that he actually go somewhere and win with the competent franchise. Now, he's 32 right now. Again, nowadays quarterbacks can play well into their upper 30s, right? So I think that a lot of the ball is still left in Stafford, even though he does have a history of injuries. Max, I look at the Colts, right? I think after them taking a chance on Rivers last year, him retiring now, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they decide to try to get Stafford. I think him and Belichick, even with Patricia up there in Foxborough now too, I think that makes a lot of sense. I like those two teams. I also saw the 49ers as a possibility because, again, Max, we've even talked about it, about the the ability to let Garoppolo loose and save a lot of money on his contract. So I forgot about that. Yeah, they're they're a factor. I don't love that as much as other guys in the market at the quarterback position, but I I think those two are the most likely destinations. I really do. I think the Colts and New England are the two likely destinations for Stafford. And I, I'm interested to see if he can lead a team, if he can win with another team. Because again, I, I'm not saying that it's not, not unfair that he's never gotten any of the blame. But for so many quarterbacks around the league, it's it's always their fault their team hasn't been able to win. And I feel that Stafford, for whatever reason, has always gotten the pass. 
Yeah, I mean, I, do you I, feel I, like that? I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that he's one of these media golden boys, but it's always like, oh, Stafford needs to get the hell out of Detroit. It's definitely ramped up the last couple of seasons, but it's never that. Oh, Stafford has to do more. It's never, you know, Stafford is the quarterback of that team. A lot of the blame needs needs to fall on him. I feel that he's gotten the pass. Well. I mean, hey, I don't know. I think you're asking kind of the wrong, the wrong guy. Because I mean, I don't know. I've said before on podcasts. I think quarterbacks are get blamed way too much. I think when everything goes well, they get uh, all the praise way too much either. But you know, I, I see the thing for Stafford after Megatron, Megatron left. What the hell have they done for him, really? Now, mind you, you, you know he's got a turnover issue, and he's never, you know, he's best abilities availability. He gets injured a lot, but I don't know. I just feel like. I don't know. I just, I've never really heard someone, you're not calling out Matt Stafford, but I've never heard someone really kind of say, oh yeah, you know, is it Matt Stafford's fault or is it Lions fault? I don't know. This I'm is, not, this is I'm worst. not, I'm not calling him out. I just think that next year is one of those put up or shut up type of things. And oh, wow. Not, <laughs> no, not, not. Again, that's coming off as harsh, and I don't want to say that I. It's not one of those players I despise, but but again, I to me Stafford has always been one of those numbers type of guys. Like, yes, I know that it's maybe because his team is more often than not down or trailing in games, so they need to rely more on his arm. Maybe it's because they haven't had a running game that they need to rely more on his arm. But if that's the case. They haven't won that way, so I I'd like to see him. Yes, I'd like to see him with a couple more weapons and see what he can do with an actual team. But if if he does get that opportunity, he needs to show that it wasn't him in Detroit. It was the Lions organization. Yeah, well, let me. No, I hear I hear you saying. Let me ask one question. And, I, and, and Max, real Patricia? quick, real quick, Max. I I I, I do think that. He would be a nice fit in Washington too. Yeah, yeah. But you want to play for Matt Patricia? No, Max, Max, Max. No, but that's not the only coach that he's played for, Max. That's not the only coach that he's played for. And yeah, well, zero what, playoff I'll, wins. Zero. Whoever team, whoever team he goes to, I'll get you a Matt Stafford jersey because he's. I think he's on your list, low key. Well, and you know what? He might be Max. And you know what? It's, I I think I have a point because zero playoff wins. He has a couple of playoff appearances, zero playoff wins, Max. And we always hold quarterbacks to the highest standards. And I don't understand why some guys get out I of don't. it. Yeah, well, you don't. Yeah, well, that's because you don't know what a true quarterback is. You're a Jets fan. Speaking of the Jets, apparently Deshaun Watson is still looking out of Houston, right? And he's on a currently bad team. So, of course, it would make sense that he wants to go to another really bad team. Reports say the Jets are his new team of choice. Max, Max, you, I, I, you called me out for one of my tweets that I liked, which don't ever do again. But two, you said that you would tell me why he's going to end up with the Jets. So let me hear why. Well, I didn't say why. I, I said why well, he wants to go to the okay. Jets. Okay, oh, sorry. Why? Why does he want to go to the Jets? I mean, who wouldn't want to go to the Jets? You know what? It is commercials, my friend. This man is never on TV. Baker Mayfield, that bum, is on TV constantly. I've seen Josh Allen on a couple of local commercials around here. He can be. He can if he's on the if he's on the Jets, he can run New York. Listen, don't don't say Barkley. I don't want to hear it. 
your Mister your Mister quarterback runs every football team, and quor- I don't know what a quarterback looks like. You said you called out Deshaun Watson the start of the year, so I don't think you know what a quarterback looks like. How about that, Victor? Yeah, keep watching Daniel Jones snaps. Yeah, that's a real quarterback. Got sticky fingers. Bring Watson to the Jets. He'll run the damn city. I think it would be Quarter- a great quarterback, Mister Quarterback. I'll oh, pipe down. Adults are speaking, Victor. I- I <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I agree, Max. I think he would run New York. I now think keep your mouth shut. I, I think he would be a great, great, great move by the Jets. <laughs> I do. My question was, why the hell would he want to be interested in Jets? Because I mentioned to you this, Max. Draft capital, they have a ton of, right? But they're going to have to pay a pretty penny to get Deshaun Watson, correct? The Houston Texans do not have any offensive weapons. You know who else doesn't have any any offensive weapons right now? The New York Jets. Now, I don't know what the cap situation is, right? I do know that there are a couple of names that I'm intrigued by on the free agent market, whether it's Allen Robinson, whether it's Kenny Galladay, right? Chris Godwin of the Buccaneers. There's opportunities to improve that area, but right now they don't have playmakers they don't have talent on that offense and the defense is suspect as well I think I think you make a an intriguing point about the commercials obviously New York is still the biggest market out there right but I don't think in today's day and age whether it's the NFL whether it's the NBA you need to play in the biggest market to build your brand but I think it definitely can't hurt and it can only benefit Watson if he came to New York but I think the biggest thing right now is their head coach. I think that they made a great hiring of Robert Sala. We talked about this briefly last week. Yeah, that's that's another point too, yeah. And so I think that's why right now that might be the uh, leading reason. But honestly, honestly, if I'm Watson, I, I want to go to Miami where you really look at that team and you say if they had improved quarterback play – they would have found themselves in the playoffs. I take a look at a team like Washington where you could say the same thing. I mean, their defense is legit. They have talent on that offense. They just got average quarterback play this year. I take a look at the San Francisco 49ers. I would be doing anything in my power to force my way there. Get Garoppolo off that contract if I'm the 49ers and make Watson to your team happen. I just think that there's better teams looking for quarterbacks or, or in the quarterback market than the New York Jets right now. Oh, yeah. There absolutely is. Well, I'm not mad at it. No. I'll oh, continue. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I've seen a couple of tweets and, you know, people who I like in football saying, well, you know, the Jets, if they get watched, they'll definitely be better, but, you know, this and that, whatever. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. One, I, I know the cap thing for the Jets right now, they have $57 million. I did some – I actually did some homework for you. I looked online, I, I cut some people on the team, and the Jets have up to, I think, $75 million they they can get to if they cut some people who I hope they cut because they suck. So that's a little more money to have, which is always good. I think Watson cuts into, I think, 32 this year. No, yeah, yeah. I think he's still on his rookie deal, and then next year it kicks in. Or I forget what I, – I had it. I, oh, wow, you really did homework, my friend. No, I, I wrote it down, but I, I can't find my yeah, paper Yeah, that's now. funny. That's weird. Very weird. 
But no, um, I, I think that, I don't know. I mean, for God's sake, this is like, you know, this is a top five quarterback on the market who's 25 years old who, who wants out of there. And Jets fans are, oh, I don't want to get all these picks or whatever. We, this is what we need. We need a face of the franchise. We need a new guy who wants to actually come to the Jets. When, if it's for commercials or not, I don't give a crap what the hell it is. These guys, these these top five quarterbacks, it was not even the prime yet. You know, they're hard to come by. It's, it's not, the, you know, it's not like they every five years they're on they're on the market. You know, the last good quarterback was that was on the market was Jake Cutler, that mystery cigarette smoking piece. Of, you know what? Stop! Stop! It was name me last the last quarterback that was on the market. Name him. I mean, Max, you could. I would make the case that Tom Brady and Phil Rivers were better last year on the market than Jay Cutler. When he was, was who wanted a trade, I'm implying. Oh, oh, okay, okay, all right. Continue, continue. Yes, and I just, I don't, I, I, you know, I mean, are the Jets going to win the Super Bowl next year, anyways, with with or without him? Hell no. So let's build a team. Let's get him in there. Let's build a freaking team. He's 25. He's not 35. If do everything you have to to get him, please, for the love of God. If they don't get him, bad, it's just going to be another top 10 pick, probably or 15. Well, so just uh, get him. I I completely agree, Max. And here's the thing: I'll, I'll I'll say this: if he ends up going to Miami, and you had a chance to get him, this will hey. be like this will be like when the Jets passed on Marino to get Ken O'Brien back in the eighties. It'll be something like that, except this time around, Watson will win a, at least one Super Bowl with the Miami. You Dolphins. know what? I don't think the Dolphins should be able to get him. You know who their quarterback is? Who's your quarterback, Victor? Oh, Tua? Why, why do they need Watson? Yeah, okay. All right, Max. Max no, 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 Max. I'm serious. I, I'm, very, I'm, I'm very serious. Okay, they so, have Tua. The face of the franchise. Yeah, face he had of the one franchise. bad year. Yeah, it's okay. a rookie year. Yeah, the okay, guy okay. Max, we talked no, about this. If you're able to improve in that area, you make that happen. It doesn't matter no. if you only seen one. Victor, they drafted, they, they drafted Tua fifth overall. It's not his fault that he can't go down and feel like Fitzpatrick can. It's not his fault. It's a new playbook. Chan Gailey was screwing Tua from the beginning. Flores takes him out every time it got difficult for him. He wasn't a good coach at Tua. He, he wasn't. So let's give him another chance. They have to. No. It's not fair to Tua or the Dolphins. Fans. It's not fair. Shut up. Shut up. You don't care what's fair. Max, I'm saying, I think you're getting me a little confused. Just, just let it be known that I think the Jets need to make this move happen. I'm saying for the Jets, it makes all the sense of the world. And that's me saying, oh, just... You know, you you called me out. Just because you change the quarterback doesn't mean you become a winner. And I agree with that. I think that even if you get Deshaun Watson, that doesn't automatically make you a winner. However, at least I know Deshaun Watson can play at a high level at the NFL level, okay? Trevor Lawrence, to me, is still a question mark. I don't want to hear how many people guarantee him. How many say that he's a can't-miss prospect, right? I'm sure, Max, there are plenty of Jeff fans out there who, if you ask... You do a blind like thing, like you say, "Oh, would you trade this year's first round? Uh, would you trade both of our first round draft picks this year for uh, to move up one spot to get Trevor Lawrence plus next year's?" And they'd be like, "Yeah." And then you say the same thing about Deshaun Watson. And it's like, "Oh, well, no. Why not? I would make the trade for Watson before I made the trade to move up to get Lawrence any day." Because again, Watson. Oh, yeah. Watson 
Watts, and you know what you're going to get. Watson has shown you that he can be a top five quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is still a question mark. And Max, I, I still think that they should build around Sam Darnold. But you know what? I know, I know uh, Darnold will never be as good as Watson can be. And yeah. th- that's why I really think that there are very few teams out there that would not, that should not take a look at what it would take to get Watson. I really do. And you know, and you know it's another thing too about the whole, if the Jets do get Watson, they trade some of those picks. I, I think I think at the worst they can get, not even at the worst, I think the Jets can get, I, I think they, they can get Sam Darnold for a second round pick. Like let's say like the Colts miss out, the, the Steelers, the, the Saints. You know, there's going to be teams who, not everyone's going to get a quarterback that they want. And Sam Darnold's a young guy, so with potential too, two years left on his rookie deal. Second rounder for a potential franchise like for like look at San Fran, maybe the Rams. I, there's rumblings about the Rams don't want golf anymore. You got a huge contract. I don't know how they're going to get rid of them, but you know I, I think they can get definitely a second round. So you know they can get a pick back at least somehow. Yeah, the only thing I'll say about Darnold, Max, right? And when you say teams like San Fran, I really think that when healthy, San Fran with a better quarterback than Garoppolo can win the Super Bowl. I don't know if San Fran is going to want to go from Garoppolo to Darnold. To me, that really doesn't make sense. Now, the Colts could be an interesting team, right? But Max Steelers, no way, because they have the quarterback of their future. Did you see they signed Dwayne Haskins? <laughs> I told you about that, but, you know. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yes, you did. Yep, yep, you did. You made, I, I will admit, he made that prediction a couple weeks ago, and... I think for the most part I was in agreement, except that I wanted no one to give Dwayne Haskins a second chance till he figured things out and redeemed himself. I don't think that that happened in that short of a time. But, uh, you know, let the Steelers handle that headache. Let them handle their two uh, TikTok influencers. Uh, they, they, have a, they have a very unlikable team they're building over there. Yeah, you, you really don't. Yeah, that third string quarterback Haskins just gets you riled up, huh? Yeah. So how about this, Victor? Just, just hear me out. It's either a Haskins jersey, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville, wherever Matt Stafford goes to. What jersey do you want, Max? I don't hate Trevor Lawrence. I don't. Oh, I, you do. Well, you know what? No. That's the next poll. Put that on the poll for tomorrow. That's a poll. That's a poll question tomorrow. Does Victor hate Trevor Is Lawrence? Victor? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Um. Max, real quick, you know who I where I would also love to see Watson go? Where? New Orleans. Oh wow. I now, hope not. <laughs> I, I don't think that will happen because I don't think that they have the draft capital to make it happen. That would be interesting. But Max, you, you know, just real quick, last thing about Watson, right? The only way if I'm him and I I have second thoughts is if remember Eric being Nimi could still be the head coach. I could, if I was Watson, I would think real hard about that if he was hired to stay with Houston. I would hope that uh, he, he wouldn't take that job. That's, that's the worst job in football, probably. It is. It is. The only reason why I could see him is because he got screwed by another round of uh, yeah. coaching hiring. And he came out in an interview and said that he wants to be an NFL head coach. It was almost sad, Max. I don't know if you saw the interview, yeah, but it was I saw, like, yeah, it was, yeah. And, and you know what, Max, my two things that I wanted to say last week, but we ran out of time was the only two reasons I could think of as to why he hasn't gotten a head coach position yet is a, he's not a good interviewer 
And I think we saw by that interview that that's not the case. He's able to represent himself. But B, I could see that people, teams around the league, think that he's such an offense. Uh, he's such a great offensive mind because of the talent he has to work with. That's the only two reasons that I could think of. But I still think that worse guys than him, guys with less on uh, less experience, <laughs> oh, less yeah. resume, have gotten jobs before him. Look, look at Dan Campbell, the Lions. He, he went in there. I'm gonna bite kneecaps off. Okay, you know, well he, that was he, awesome. He, that was awesome, uh, Max. Yeah, but okay, okay, Mister Tough Guy, Victor over here. When when does that ever work in football, Mister Rex Ryan? For God, when, when does that uh, when does that ever uh, work in football? You got no, the two it's straight AFC championships. What, is that not good enough to you guys all of a sudden? What, wait, what, I didn't hear what you say. What? Uh, Rex Ryan got you two AFC championships. <laughs> yeah, that's great. What do you do after? Yeah, well, I mean, no. Anyways, I mean, it, it is, it's the smart guys who win in football. Not not this meathead nonsense, you know. Oh, would you America, save it? Don't give me America. this analytical bull crap. It is. No. When is it not? All right. Good. Stop. 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 No, no. Name me the best coach in football right now. Name me the best coach in football right now. Name I'm, him. Uh, Bill Belichick. Okay, he's a smart guy. You think he's running Oklahoma drills, biting kneecaps off? I don't think he's going necessarily by the numbers, though. Analytics bullshit. I'm not a Mr. Allenside either, but it's the smart guys who win, not the sneakhead nonsense. Whatever. Whatever. Sean Payton, McVeigh, Andy Reid. I get it. You gotta be smart, but you know what? I think that there needs to be some toughness. And owners, owners love that shit. Here, we gotta be a physical football team. We need to be tougher. That's all nonsense. (laughs) <laughs> it's just like, yeah, no shit, you play football. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree. But finally, Max, just real quick, because we started to talk about head coaching and Eric Bieniemy getting screwed in this last hiring uh, cycle. Max, the Eagles hired Nick Sirianni, Who? the former Colts head, co- uh, former Colts offensive coordinator. Didn't even call his own plays as their as their offensive coordinator. Max, like you said, who? I, I mean, honestly, just just think about it. What was it, 20, 2017, Max? 2017, 2018? The Eagles won the Super Bowl first in franchise history. Yeah. And then now they find themselves at this point. I mean, I, I good for them. They just, I mean, what the that hell has happened? Like- A complete 180. They don't know what they're doing. No, I mean, to me, this was a, this is an easy, not an easy hire, but it was an easy hire that uh, Frank Wright called the uh, Jeffy Loria, the uh, Eagles owner, and said, "You you want uh you, you want somebody to fix Wentz? I got my guy right here for you." Well, that's the way I looked at it. Well, you know what's crazy, Max, is I was like, "Well, I don't know why everyone's getting so bent out of sh- shape out of it because you know obviously Frank Wright has ties to the Eagles, so they probably respect his word." And then it took me a second. I was like, "But wait, Adam Reed, uh, Andy Reed has ties to the Eagles too, and you don't think that he would have given a glowing review? I mean, he has already of Eric Bieniemy. Like, it's just so weird. Both offense coordinators, but there's no doubt about who has the more impressive track record. Yeah, you know. So see, it, that's why. That's why I, I hope." Uh the enemy doesn't take that job with the Texans. I hope he just next year just, you know, win again, 
and uh, you know get another job out there because there'll, there'll be more jobs next year. Oh yeah, I mean there's jobs every single year. It's a recurring process, but yeah, I know. Part of me doesn't want him to get that Texans job his first go around. I, it's such a tough, tough unwanted job. I mean no early draft picks this draft so many holes on that team it, it's a rebuilding process and you need you need security if you're gonna take yeah. that job all right no, Max. Yeah, i just oh what no i mean i, I know if they trade watch and they're definitely get the picks back but you know you just you just lost a top five quarterback and what you're gonna draft like justin fields or something you know it's just it's gonna be a long road well max they don't even have a top five pick well no i'm saying if they trade Watson. They, you know, they're definitely going to get picked. Oh, yeah. No, no, Yeah, and they, they should. And they should. I mean, it's kind of a no-win situation with them because he has a no-trade clause. So they may not yeah. even get the best deal that they can get. But, you know, they, uh, you know, at this point, I mean, even before he, uh, he voiced his displeasure with the Texans, in the back of my mind, I was like, should the Texans look into trading him just so that they can get back some of that draft capital they lost and build around, build a team, fill up some of those many holes that they have? But it's tough, man, to trade a franchise quarterback, someone like Deshaun Watson, someone of that caliber. Tough, 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 tough. But, all right, Max. That'll conclude another episode of Old School Sport. Go follow Max Marshall on Twitter and Instagram, MaxMarshall136. Follow me at Victor Terry at Victor J. Terry on Instagram. Go check out Max's stories on Fanside. He definitely knows what he's talking about when it comes to the game of basketball. Until next time, everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Old School of Sport.